had a dream. We had an awesome dream that we would not get into arguments about these movies. But really, if we're going to do this, what's the point if we don't get into arguments? We're going to start arguments. It's overrated on the Fright Club podcast. Welcome. I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And we're from madwolf.com. Check it out, won't you, for all your movie reviews and fun. And we've been working up to this one for a few weeks now. We've been asking for you to give us your picks, your most overrated horror films. And boy, did you. Tons. Tons. And you know what? Not only that, my favorite part was we sort of, as you talk about arguments, incited some arguments right there on Twitter, just right there (laughs) in my Twitter feed. I would just see people fight with each other, which was hilarious. Um, And uh, back and forth, my favorite back and forth. It's all about bringing people together. I think you're right. I think that that's accurate. Old Man Spencer. <laughs> I like that. I know. I love him. Old Man Spencer getting on Twitter and getting into a fight. What did, <laughs> what did, what did he say? Babadook. Oh, and no. And before I had the chance to take issue with that, D-Zach just disagreed. And they had a hilarious back and forth that involved little <laughs> video clips. It, was, it well, was my favorite. Here's the thing. We had to know people were going to vote for Babadook. I mean, we know that. I mean. We have said how much we love the movie, but when it was out, when it was new, people were saying no. Yeah, a lot of people. So so we had to know that was coming. There's another one. uh, Our good friend Colossal Bandit strongly suggested Cabin in the Woods, (laughs) and our own Cat McAlpine thought those were fighting words. (laughs) (laughs) That, yeah, I've seen Cabin in the Woods get some strong opinions on the other side. I think... For the most part, I see mainly positive, but once in a while, I've seen some people just like that who feel strongly against it. Actually, Joy, my sister Joy, doesn't like that movie, which just surprised me. That is weird because we're fans of, uh, we're both fans of that movie. But yeah, I know there's some strong feelings out there. That's fighting words. Wow. Speaking of fighting words. Simmer down. Speaking of fighting words. The History of Misunderstanding podcast. So our fellow podcasters, hello. Thanks for commenting. Suggested the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> you don't know. You don't really know us, do you? <laughs> or you don't know Hope. <laughs> so, although, I've... although they had a good line, is that the one that said, you know, <laughs> killing one person is not really a massacre? <laughs> Which you can't. It's hard to argue with that. It is. It really it is. is. But as far as an overrated movie, I I can't go yeah, there. And no, I know you're not going no. there. No, no, you're indeed. just putting the, the the hand up. Get out. And you know where else we're not going? And he knew it. Knack Mac. Just going to leave this here and yeah. tiptoe away. The Shining. I, I knew that. Yeah. That, yeah. Was he we just trolling? No, I, I was going to say he was just trolling. But no, we know he, he doesn't. He thinks that's an overrated he, movie, Yeah, so. we do know that. Yeah. Well, thanks for playing, Knack Mac. But, uh, <laughs> nip. We had a bunch more. Steve nip. Perez, who had many thoughts to share, which we appreciate. Most every found footage film and also almost every American remake, including, dig this, George, The Ring. Let Me In and Quarantine. Yeah, I saw wow. that. Wow. That's tough because, as we've said before, we think The Ring is better than Ringu. Yeah. Actually. And we said we've professed our love for Let Me In. It's not quite as good as Correct. Let the Right One In, but I like it yeah, a agreed. lot. Quarantine, I don't like as much as both of those movies, but it's pretty solid. Yeah, I agree. So I just want to run through an, uh, a bunch of other ones. I'm not going to hit everything, obviously, but I just wanted to. So just mainly because there are a few people commented who haven't commented before. So Phantom Theories, The Strangers. Mm, okay. Mike Todd is oh, a friend Mike, of yours. Yeah. Uh, Orphan. Wait, yeah, I don't I don't care for that movie. I gotta I gotta get behind when that. When she vote. turns out to be an old prostitute, yeah, that one. <laughs> very weird. Here's now Colossal Bandit and uh, Old Man Spencer. These are some great names, but how about Irish Beast seventy eight? It's like, a good one. Like it. Uh uh Blair Witch Project. 
Well, again, that's not one where I'm surprised people are chiming in. We don't agree, but I know it certainly has its detractors. Yeah, I was surprised actually not more people said that one. Mm-hmm. And then I just want to call out one more because it's our fellow Buckeye Donna, and she got in touch with us by way of the Golden Spiral Media oh, website. Yeah. So yeah. that's always welcome. Exactly. As you know, Golden Spiral Media, the people, the lovely people who uh, host this podcast yeah, and you're... have loads of other great podcasts you should listen to. Yeah, because if you if you uh, comment there, it comes right to our yeah. email. email. So fine, yeah. So that's do. fun. Yeah. Anyway, she says American Werewolf in London, and she knew. Not a lot of people are going to agree with her, but she just like she just had to get it off her chest. Yeah. Well, you know, you have to remember that, as we're going to explain in some of our picks, when you say overrated and you're saying a movie is overrated, it doesn't necessarily mean you think the movie sucks. No. It just means it's overrated because we have some in our countdown where we do not think it's a bad movie. No. We just think it's reached heights it doesn't really deserve. Exactly. That's exactly correct. Where and and as they get higher on our list from five to one, you know, it doesn't mean that the, that each notch is a worst film. It just means that the accolades for those films outweigh like the actual quality. Yeah. So, you know, say you, say me. <laughs> um also speaking of Colossal Bandit, going back to our last Fright Club Live, um, he had we mentioned funny games in the Vacation yes. Horror podcast. That was our number one. Uh, and, and we said how much we like everything by Michael Haneke. He recommended a great double feature of Haneke's The White Ribbon, which I love so much. You know, I think and, that might be his best movie. And and The Witch. Yeah. Um, which would be a fantastic double feature. It'd be awfully long. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Well, because The White Ribbon's long. Yeah. Uh, though it would, atmospherically, they fit so beautifully well. The oh, they White do. Ribbon is so good. I can't even tell you. It's not a quote-unquote horror movie, although it is about evil. Oh, it is. It is about the beginnings of evil, mm-hmm. and I can't recommend it enough. The White Ribbon. If you can if you can get it, if you can get a hold of it, you are in for a time. It will it will shake you. It will make you think and and come back to time after time. He's such a great filmmaker. So that's a fantastic idea. Those two movies go together thematically and atmospherically. And they're both brilliant. Brilliant. So thank you for that. Good job. But speaking of feedback that we got at the live podcast at the Eden Lake, Eden Lake is a film that we showed. Yeah. And uh, Tom, who is a very regular Frey Clubber and uh, much beloved, I don't think cared for it. <laughs> he thought. Tom also liked, let's get back to laundry. Tom liked, <laughs> I just had a birthday and you scored. You got me a sweet Evil Knievel t-shirt, which I put on Facebook. And Tom was jealous. Ha! Lucky. So, uh. <laughs> Tom, thank you. I got a cool new T-shirt that I'll sh- soon be losing, and then com- <laughs> and, complaining and then complaining about, about. It. Anyway, yes, go ahead. Well, I'm not sure that he didn't care for Eden Lake as much as he thought it was a bit more punishing than we led him to believe. He actually thought it was harder to watch than Martyrs. Mm. So he's hoping that next month will be a little bit lighter. It will be. It will be. Juan, Juan of the Dead. That's right. Cuba's only zombie movie, and it is so funny and so clever and so very Cuban. Yeah. And we hope that you come out for it. I. It's the most fun. Yeah. Uh, we really need a fun one after the last couple. So right. that's going to be Wednesday, October 12th, back at the Gateway Film Center, High Street, Columbus, Ohio. Please come down. We'll have a lot of fun with that one. All right. So we got to get to it. We got to get to it. The most overrated top five. Oh, it is five, right? It is. Okay. Because we considered some others that we'll get to. But let's jump right in. Number five from 2004, the original Saw. Hello, Adam. Dr. Gordon. Jigsaw killer. Paul, find the path through the razor wire. Technically speaking, he's not really a murderer. 
He never killed anyone. Dr. Gordon, your aim in this game is to kill Adam. If you do not, then Diana will die. He finds ways for his victims to kill themselves. I'm sick of people who don't appreciate their blessings. I've given you a life purpose. Yep, it's Jigsaw, and it may still be one of the most profitable horror films of all time. It was a blockbuster. Huge. It's, it spawned many, many a sequel. And you know what? It's it's just not that good. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's better than the sequels were, well, yeah. which, which often happens. And, you know, it launched the careers of some, some, you know, James Wan in particular has gone on to make some really fun conjuring, for example, Insidious. You know, he does a great job mm-hmm. in the genre. Um, but the movie was just so, I think, overhyped. And you know who agrees with us? Horror Wizard. This was Horror Wizard's vote. Oh, okay. I, I do like the fact that it came out of, I think it was a like a challenge between uh, for, for James Wan and Lee, Lee Winnell. Winnell to do a movie in one room, mm. you know, that basically where it started. And I, I like that. I like yeah. that. And they really had a nice premise there for that. If it was a project or something like that, um, great. Uh, but what came out of it and then it how how big it got and the legend that grew around it i don't i just don't think it deserves it one of the things that's always bugged me i mean they're actually I, I, and they may seem nitpicky i suppose but there are several things about the film itself you know jigsaw because uh, he takes a piece, but he's kind of represented by this weird-looking clown doll i mean he's just so thematically mishmashed for a villain and that bugs me although that that doll was kind of cool. Yeah, the it was. The doll was, was kind of creepy. And I guess completely made from scratch. I think James Wan had a hand in, oh. in doing that. And they made the whole thing from scratch. It wasn't bought at a store or anything. So I'll give you points for that. It's creepy. Okay. Yeah. Creepy doll. I think the thing, uh, also though, in the original, I don't think they ever say this again in the sequels, but in the original, the cops are lamenting that, you know, this Jigsaw character, he's not really committing murder. So they can't bring him up on murder charges because, you know, he sets up these traps. And if you are masochistic enough, you know, you can get through them. But t- but it, but most people don't and they die. But to me, that's like saying, you know, if you push somebody into a shark tank, you're not a murderer. The sharks are <laughs> like, that's just not accurate. Do the sharks have lasers on their heads? <laughs> um, you know, it does. It, it, it has a bit of B-movie fun. It has some creepiness. It does have some cleverness i guess in its premise but then it to me it just runs off the rails it becomes silly and i just i I really ended up losing interest you know i agree with you i like the the premise i do i like the idea of it but uh i think that in the execution for one thing once you get outside of that cell Mm -hmm. the pacing is ludicrous it's like it's you know what i mean it's like whiplash uh from you know sort of the police procedural that's happening outside of the cell and then you go back into outside the cell and Carrie Elway's big whiny face and then also and it's, there's a chance somebody hasn't seen it I'm not going to give it away as a spoiler but the twist ending is really great for the 30 seconds that it takes you to realize that a doctor would have noticed don't spoil it <laughs> no I agree I agree it just becomes it just falls apart although I think we both agree that the setup they, they had something good there at the yeah, beginning. If they yeah. challenged themselves to write a horror movie in one room, I like it. I like it. And they were they had something there, and it just it, it spiraled I, out of control. And I like the concept that he's forcing you to, you know, appreciate your life, basically. Yeah, you although know what that I mean? gets a little it preachy. Does. It does. But, uh, but you know, that that's not going to sink the movie. But I just think it, it got out of control. And maybe 
became a little too interested in just grossing you out mm. without some substance behind it. Mm-hmm. So, so all in all, especially because of how big it got, Saw is number five on our list of top overrated horror. And this next one, I think, well, I guess all of them will cause some uh, disagreements, but uh, I know this movie has some fans. We're not among them. From 2009, Sam Raimi, who we, we like, but uh, drag me to hell on our list. Soon it will be you who comes begging to me. Someone has cursed you. He's the Lamia, the most feared of all demons. For the first three days, the spirit torments its victims. After that, it will come to take you. Take me where? To burn in hell for eternity. It's coming for me. Yeah, you know we're fans of Sam Raimi, Evil Dead and all that, but this one, I think more than anything else, it just gets caught in between tones. I know plenty of people think it's a successful horror comedy. I don't see it. I don't see that it's enough of a comedy or enough of a straight-up horror movie. It's caught somewhere in the middle, and for me, just doesn't work at all. I, I think I like the film better than you do, and um, and a great deal of that is because of Lorna Raver, who plays Mrs. Ganoush. Yeah, I'll give you she that. She is so great. Yeah. She is, and every second that she's on screen, I'm riveted, you know? But, um, uh, and I feel like, although Alison Lohman, who's the lead, and is usually very good, I felt like she was really anemic in the entire movie, uh, which might have been uh, because... I guarantee that she swallowed more stuff you shouldn't swallow. I've never seen somebody have more stuff and bugs and projectiles dumped on them or come out of them in one movie. You know, and here's the other thing that's in the background, but you can't really deny that it's there. I mean, her character gets in trouble because with this this curse because she's trying to prove to her boss that she's that she can make tough decisions and get a promotion. Mm-hmm. So she denies another extension on the mortgage payments to this old lady. And, you know, is that a subtle dig about women trying to get ahead in the workplace? I mean, know your place and don't try to be ambitious. I mean, I know it's not overt, but come on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Maybe. I think for me, for me, the biggest problem I have with this movie, and, and a bit like Saw, there's a twist ending that, you have to see coming. You really do. You, I mean, you have to see it coming. And I guess that's why when I, when it, when the ending happened, I thought they're, I have been tricked. They're going to, you know, come up with something that I wasn't expecting because I was like, you know, this was a red herring. And then when it was exactly what I was expecting, uh, I was pretty disappointed. Yeah. Again, without spoiling anything, if you're paying attention to who and who doesn't have the certain artifact in question, then you should know what's hap- what's going to happen. Yeah, it's you know it, it, I think that they uh, I don't know they ex- they they expect or Ramey expected he had built too much on sleight of hand and just it, I, I found it disappointing. But again, for me, the main thing is it's just kind of stuck between two worlds. And also, are you familiar with? I'm not familiar with this movie, the 1957 Curse of the Demon. Apparently, it borrows quite heavily plot wise from that. I, you know, I'm familiar with the title, but I'm sure I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's a Dana Andrews was in the possession of a cursed object and being pursued by creatures of hell. Ooh. But uh, that's the one from, from the way back. But regardless, yeah, I, I, for me, it's just caught. It's similar to one that I think I might have put on this list, but uh, spoiler, it didn't make it, which is your next. Um, I think that one, too, is caught between 
what people say is a successful satire. Um, it's caught between that and being a straight up horror movie, which I know it, it's funnier, but if it's trying to be a satire, it, it's not, not at all. No, you're next. I mean, it's obviously not, would, not in the same vein of comedy. It's not one of those slapsticky kind of, you know, Sam Raimi, Three Stooges kind of comedies at all. And, and, and I certainly can't see that it satirizes anything, but it's got, you know, a mean comic streak that I think didn't work for the film. And, well, and honestly, I keep promising to go back and watch it again, because yeah. especially because Adam Wingard, who just did the, the new Blair Witch that yeah. I liked a lot, yeah. so I want to give it another chance, because I know it has a lot of people that love it. I liked The Guest, which was his as well. The first time I saw your Next, uh, didn't dig it, so it would have been on my list here. But anyway, that's getting away from the fact. Number four, Drag Me to Hell on our list of most overrated. And speaking of going back, we'll go back a few decades for number three. And I know this one has fans, especially yeah. fans of the final the final twist. And we're not among them. From 1973, Don't Look Now. <laughs> what is it you fear? Christine is dead. She is dead. <laughs> Did she die suddenly? You are warned. Things are not what they seem. Don't look now. I'm just realizing, George, I see a pattern. If I don't care for your twist ending, then, <laughs> I, you know, I think that maybe too many films, horror films in particular, they're built on a twist ending, which on the whole, I find cheap. Um, and in this case, um, I, I just outright dislike it. Well, here's my first problem with this movie. And, and this is one, let me say right now, this is one when we talked earlier about just because we say they're overrated, don't. We don't mean they're bad movies. Right. This is not a bad movie. It no, is not. No. It's well-directed. It's well-put-together. It has nice atmosphere to it and tone. I don't think... I mean, it really pushes the limits of, for me, what is considered a horror movie. I, I wouldn't consider this a horror movie. I would consider it a psychological thriller. Um, but that's okay. I know some people do. Um, and I don't think the twist ending is nearly as shocking or scary as these lists you see it pop up on. And I know it was the 70s and, and, you know, different standards, but still, I just, I just don't see it. But it is a well-put-together movie. Nicholas Rogue is the director. Yep. Uh, and it's, done, it's uh, an adaptation of a story by Daphne du Maurier, mm. who wrote the, also wrote the story that The Birds mm -hmm. came from. Mm -hmm. And apparently she was a big fan of the, of the movie, although it, I guess, took a lot of liberties, changed her, her original story. But she was, a lot, she was a big fan of the movie. And it has a lot to do with, clairvoyance and, and, and psychic powers and seeing your future and things like that. And so that's why, for me, it, it gets into the psychological territory more over than, more over than straight horror, although it's based around killings that are going on. Right. It's, you know, it's based on, you know, what I think it does most effectively, it's really a rumination on grief. And, um, and uh, you know, grief is, a, is like, the, I think, the most selfish necessarily emotion that you have. You have to just deal with it yourself. If you're in grief, you can't deal with somebody else's grief and your grief makes other people uncomfortable. And that's just how grief works. And I think that this film does a nice job of showing that. Right. But at the same time, uh, there is a serial killer loose in Venice 
and you know uh, Julie Christie, who plays the grieving mother. She's she's befriended these weird twins who believe that they can communicate with her recently de- dead daughter. And uh, Donald Sutherland, who is the grieving father, thinks this is crazy, but he is seeing things that could be visions, and it's hard to say. And the way Rogue puts it together, I mean, it really is masterfully uh, edited together so that you don't really know what you're seeing. What I don't care for in particular, it's got a very Italian horror vibe. Yes, it about does. Argento it. all over yeah. the place. Uh, or Mario Bava. Yeah. I mean, it's just and 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 that's clearly intentional. Oh, and yeah. it's set in Venice. Yep. It's clearly intentional. It's just that I with, don't think it works. With the color red, especially. Yeah. And again, the twist ending, which we're not going to give away if there's a chance you haven't seen it, but it was just for me stupid. I will say this. I came across in, in looking up, uh, doing some research on this movie. I came across uh, fans who have, uh, there's another different uh, theory about the movie, which I guess now there's these fan theories about everything, you know, sure. t- TV shows, and I wasn't aware of this, but there's a theory that says in the twist ending, the killer is not really the killer, that Donald Sutherland is actually the killer all along, and the twist ending, that person is just defending themselves. Mm. So, I, I okay, I didn't read the entire theory about how they back it up, but that's interesting. It is. I'm not sure why that person was carrying a meat cleaver. Yeah, okay. But I'm just, it it surprised (laughs) me that it was out there. Um, And dig this. In 1973, when this movie was released in the UK, it was set as a double feature with the original Wicker Man. Ooh. Wow. Well, I'd stay for that part of it. (laughs) And, uh, And it's got, speaking of editing, it's got that very interestingly edited and famous sex scene. Yeah. Um, that is, you know, it's it's cut between actually the sex and them getting dressed afterwards, yep. which creates an interesting mood about it. It's very, you know, long time couple type yeah. marital type thing. Yeah. Which, uh, which again, I think calls back on their Greek in a yeah. way. But it's a very famous scene, and at the time, quite risque. They had to trim some footage of it just to get to get away from an X rating. You watch it now, and you think, really? But at the time, it was, you know. It was something. Is it wrong for me to say, we, does anybody need to see that much Donald Sutherland? <laughs> but no, but you know what? Actually, I really, um, I do like that scene because it is, it's intimate. And at the same time, it's, it's not sexy. Right. Um, and, and I think it does speak to them and their, like you said. As a their, couple. Yes, yeah. Their long standing couplehood. Yep. And it's, I like the editing of it. Yeah. It's interesting. Not the kind the of film is, is gloriously edited. That especially is not the kind of editing you see in a sex scene. Certainly uh, not in a horror movie. And also, if you remember the, you remember the, the group Big Audio Dynamite. I do. You remember that? So- I love them. Oh, do you remember that song? E equals MC yes, squared. Yes, of course. The, the lyrics were all about this movie, <laughs> all about it. So you can look that up. It's a, it's pretty much based on the uh, the plot plot of this entire movie, and it even might have a little giveaway to it oh. too, in case you haven't seen it. But anyway, uh, that is number three on our list of best overrated, well, most overrated horror. We do think it's a good movie, again, but just not worthy of its place in the horror genre, I guess. Uh, sticking in the 70s for number two, which I always like, although I don't like this movie, mentioned it many times, Suspiria from 77. Roses are red, violets are blue, but the iris is the flower that will mean the end of it. You can run. Suspiria, but you cannot escape. Suspiria. 
only thing more terrifying than the last 12 minutes of Suspiria are the first 92. We talk about Argento. This is Argento and just one. Well, I, I was talking with who recently? I think it was John Dean. Fright Clubber John Dean um, who said he finally saw it and agrees 100%. Just I just think it's boring. Yeah, well, it doesn't age very well. It's not one that I think it really is and it's as... Italian horror again, which we've already said, we're not real fans. Although you like Argento, I think, more than I do. Yeah, and I, I know I like this film more than you do. Um, and, uh, and I like, I mean, but, but Italian horror is definitely not my favorite. And uh, this is my favorite Argento film, but it is, I think, far too well remembered. And um, what I do like about it, it's it's uh, dreamy. The cinematography is pretty good. Very very vivid uh, fairy tale look about oh, yeah, it yeah. is you know it's it's um, and it, it when you say red of course he's he's very well known for these really vivid reds of the blood that he uses and I think again that works well in this film um, but on the whole <sighs> well it's it's part of now this is part of his. His trilogy, right? His Three Mothers trilogy. This is so much better than the other two. You just can't even imagine how much better this is than the other and they two. they are Inferno from 1980, and then all the way up to 2007, uh, the last one was Mother of Tears. So bad. I haven't seen either of those. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so bad. Mother of Tears is so bad. But, uh, and this one, too, I found it interesting that uh, he cast, you know, the lead mm -hmm. girl, mm -hmm. Jessica Harper, yeah. after her debut film, which was Brian De Palma's Phantom of the Paradise, right. which we have talked about before. <laughs> she got that, this movie, from that movie, which is funny. It is kind of funny, you know, uh, uh, and she's a singer, of course, in Phantom of the Paradise, and in this one, she's a ballerina, right? you know, and the way, and just the, the way he constructed the sets, Argento, you know, the, the doors are, are oversized, everything is oversized, and she does, she's got a look of, you know, like your Snow White type character. I think that that part is very well handled. I just think the storyline and certainly the acting. I think everybody, even fans, you're going to have to agree with me on the acting, right? Come on. It's interesting because I remember this movie poster. This came out in, yeah, 77. So I was in junior high and uh, I had just moved down. The family had just moved down to Florida. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have a lot of friends. Aww. So I went to the movies a lot and I would see this movie poster. And I remember it said, you know, the only thing more terrifying than, you know, the final three minutes of this movie is the previous 82 or whatever it was. And I thought, wow. And then years later when I saw it, I'm like, what? <laughs> Come on. I could have seen it when I was in seventh grade, you know. Uh, so I'd always been aware of it. But uh, it just, yeah, I just don't think it, no. it, it really holds up at all. And I'm still waiting on the last time we talked about this yes. movie. We talked so about big, much as we not fans of this. This is a this is a reboot that we are going to go to. Yeah, it's still apparently in development. Uh, it's been quote in development for a while now, but apparently the, the remake um, is going to be directed by Luca Guardino, who did a bigger splash. Yes, uh, and the cast includes Tilda Swinton. As the mother witch. Oh, so right there, I'm in. And, yeah. da and Dakota Johnson as yeah. the, the dance. So, I mean, if Tilda's in, I'm in, yeah. basically. I'm with you. you know. I'm with you, brother. Speaking of exciting remake news, Dark Dave emailed to say, which I didn't know yet, Robert Eggers. Oh, from The Witch. Is slated to do a remake of Nosferatu. How excited am I? Come on, Dark Dave. <laughs> Don't be teasing us like that. But yeah, I mean, if they're going to do that, that remake of Suspiria, 
with yeah, Tilda, with Tilda Swinton. Come on, bring it on. But the original, no, not 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 a fan, and that is why it's number two on our list of top overrated horror. And at the top, yeah, I know we're still in the seventies, but I'm disappointed about this one. Although you told me it was going to be there, you told me it was going to be number one. I don't agree. And it's from 1976. It's the Omen. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. I was at the hospital, Mr. Thorne, the night your son was born. I saw its mother. You saw my wife. Its mother. What is it you're trying to say? His mother was a This is not a human child. Make no mistake. Gregory Peck. Lee Remick. The Omen. Let me say again, this is not to suggest that this is the worst film on the list or even that it is a bad film. It's just that it is profoundly overrated. I mean, people hold this. Oh, no, it's not. (laughs) I'm sorry. I had a little something there. (laughs) They hold this in the same kind of regard as The Exorcist. See, I don't think that's true. I I, do. Seriously? Yes. You think people hold this up with The Exorcist? There's no way. Not maybe as being as scary. But I think, yes, it's being considered, it's always considered a classic. It's always being called a classic. And I just think it's it's bloated and ponderous. I mean, I, I like it, and I wouldn't put it anywhere near The Exorcist. Well, no that's because you're smart. <laughs> and I, I really haven't, I haven't seen it in the same group, grouped with The Exorcist. Although, I mean, yes, it deals with the devil and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but I mean... No way. It's, no. it's not even well, up there. Well, it's nominated for Oscars all over the place. Well, I mean, it's one for musical score. you got to give me the score. That was a good score. The score no, was No, I'm with sweet. you on that. That was a good score. But, uh, but I, think it, I think it's definitely solid. And if maybe I'm wrong. If people put it up there with The Exorcist, I, I, I was not aware of that. I mean, but. so I'm going to say, so, and you'll say it too, Billy Whitelaw. Oh. Awesome. Mrs. Blaylock. And, and uh, Har- Harvey Stevens, I think, <laughs> topped one of our lists of the creepy kids. I mean, he was absolutely perfect. He was creepy. And he I was. Think, and he I was think, perfect. I think we've mentioned before, he had a cameo in the uh, the remake. Nice. The one with um, Liv Schreiber. Mm-hmm. He was like a, a, a tabloid reporter or nice. something. Other than that, I don't think he acts anymore. But that's awesome that they gave him, uh, gave him a part in this. Because, yeah, he is creepy. Creepy, creepy. And, yeah, Mrs. Blaylock is great. And apparently she was not first written that way. She was written as a more touchy-feely kind of nanny, and Billy Whitelaw just came in and made her that cold. Oh, yeah. And it worked so well. Oh, my God, it did. She's awesome. I totally agree with you. When she comes running out of the house with the forks in her head and jumps (laughs) on the car. (laughs) I mean, good Lord. Scary. But, you know, so Richard Donner, who did Goonies, among other things, a bunch of Superman movies, a bunch of, you know, uh, Lethal Weapon movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just, I just, I don't think, I think that it's the film is too self-important. I think it feels self-important from the beginning, and it's hard not to with Gregory Peck in the lead, right? I mean, as soon as Gregory Peck speaks, you're like, well, you know, this has got to be a really serious and important, you yeah, know? but I, think about it, though. I thought he was right, really right for the part because, you know, he was a big, important politician. He's got that stately look about him, that politician-type look. Uh, and actually, when, it came, when he took that gig, he'd been out of movies for a while. Mm. Uh, and he, either he or his agent, somebody... He took less money and took a portion of the profits, and boy, <laughs> that came out to be probably one of his most lucrative gigs. Oh, I would think uh, so. In the Omen, and became one of the yeah, it's, I guess it became one of, if not the highest paid uh, performance of his of his career. But um, I, uh, you know, I, I just can't say that I just don't agree with your negative assessment. Mm. Although, I mean, it, I, I suppose if I thought if I agreed 
that it was held in the same regard as the exorcist, then I would say, all right, I just, I just don't see it. Although if you do, okay. Say yeah. you, say me. That's right. All right. Well, let us know. Settle the, settle that fight for us. Uh, chime in on Twitter at mad wolf, M A D D W O L F. And when you do feel free to fight amongst yourselves. That's right. As, <laughs> as apparently you have <laughs> no trouble doing. And, you know, thinking about next week when we're going to uh, talk about when animals attack, there's that great scene in the omen where the baboons attack the car, Yeah, which I thought was interesting. They, they, um, had to set that up. They tried to get different ways for the baboons to really go nuts. And they started by taking the youngest, like the baby of their, their group and putting it in the car. And the baboons couldn't care less as the car <laughs> drove. So then they took the alpha and then the baboons went nuts. Wow. And that was really, yeah, they were really reacting. And the look on Lee Remick's face was pretty real that she because wow. they did not take the baby i guess they didn't care <laughs> but no they took the alpha and they were not having it wow. but uh, so that's a little bit of what we're talking about next week with when animals attack so if you got ideas let us know that's right and if you need uh, a little something something between now and then hit screenrelish.com where i put up a saturday screamer every single week to tell you what you should be watching over the weekend that you might have missed yeah and we've already hipped you to the fact that our next fright club live is going to be october the 12th a fun one no merit badges needed for no, this one. Oh, super fun. Maybe okay. a cigar. Oh, hey, that's, that's a good idea. Maybe those candy cigars. Oh, yeah. Because uh, they don't smell so bad. Will Smith says, don't light it just for the look. Juan of the Dead. Cuba's only zombie movie. So that's fun right there. Come out. We start with a few cocktails. Mad Wolf Pale Ale. That's hopefully, right. Hopefully still on tap in the torpedo room at the gateway. We start there, have a little conversation, a little drinky poo. And then we uh, go in for the Fright Club podcast taping. Which uh, will be best zombie comedies. Best zombie comedies. And then we'll go right into the movie. And sometimes we hang around after. Maybe another pop or two and talk about it. So what we're saying is it's a fun time and you should come out. And uh, mark that on the calendars for uh, Wednesday, October the 12th. All right. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, as we said, madwolf.com uh, is the website. And Mad Wolf Columbus is on Facebook. Two Ds. Two Ds in the Mad Wolf, always. Um, and we look forward to uh, hearing your thoughts on Overrated because I expect some. I expect some blowback, and that's good. Yeah, what do you think they're going to be most mad about? I think it's going to be Drag Me to Hell. What do you think? Um, I think Drag Me to Hell and maybe some um, some Don't Look Now. Yeah. I think there's some classic Don't Look Now fans in there as well. But uh, we look forward to it. So uh, say you, say me. That's how it goes. Until next week, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. Say Thank you.